Good morning. It is indeed a privilege for me to be able to stand here this morning simply because of the grace of God. And I'd like us to recognize this morning that he and he alone is worthy. He is indeed Christ the Lord. And I want to encourage you this morning to keep that in mind as I share from the word of God. But I'd like you to just quiet your heart with me for a moment. Father, I am your child. These are your words. These are your people. We all are the sheep of your pasture. And we come this morning to hear what you are saying to us as individuals, as the local body of this assembly and those who are listening via streaming. We ask, O oh God, that in your mercies that you will receive all the glory. May you and you alone be seen this morning. Thank you for the opportunity as an instrument that you chose to use to present your word. Get glory for yourself. May the Holy Spirit indeed find liberty as we worship you in spirit and in truth and in the beauty of holiness. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If I were to say to you this morning, and I'm going to say it, Christmas, what comes to mind? Presents. What else? Family, good. Food, I am sure. What else? Jesus, the Son of God. But you know, we, we tend to give to those who give back to us. We tend to invite those to our homes who will invite us back. But if we look at the word of God, it's just the opposite. We should give to those who cannot give to us. But I wonder how many of us do that. When we think of gifts, in most cases, we want to know that if I give a gift of $500, you give me a gift back of at least 750 to cover my expense and what you intended to give to me. 
but you will see this morning that that's not the way God operates at all. My subject for this morning is Christmas wrapped up in grace. Christmas wrapped up in grace. Charles R. Swindle, in his book, The Grace Awakening, says, To show grace is to extend favor or kindness to one who does not deserve it and can never earn it. Receiving God's acceptance by grace always stands sharp. It stands in sharp contrast to earning it on the basis of works. Every time the thought of grace appears, it is the idea of being undeserved. In no way is the recipient receiving what he or she deserves. Favor is being extended simply out of the goodness of the heart of the giver expecting nothing back, nothing in return. Permit me to read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 28 through 30. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored of the Lord. Or you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greetings this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. There are two expressions in these verses which sums up for us what is the essential Christmas message that I would like you to explore with me. And they are the grace of God and the peace of God. Verse 28, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. First, we want to look at the grace of God. Grace, that phrase literally means you are much 
grace by God. The word is translated, has made us accepted in the beloved. This morning, what I want to remind us about is we are here simply because of the grace of God. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6 it says, to the praise and the glory or to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loved. That grace came through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That grace came because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that includes you, that includes me. Whosoever believe it in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Indeed, grace is the unmerited favor of God which justifies us. We can do nothing to justify us other than the grace receiving of the grace of God. But it doesn't stop there. It sanctifies us. All of our goodnesses are as filthy rags. It's the grace of God that sanctifies us. And ultimately glorifies us one day in the not too distant future. Those of us who are called by his name will stand in his presence glorified as if we would have never, ever sinned. I don't know about you, but for me, I cannot wait to stand in his presence to experience that moment when I can look in his face, recognizing that I am in the presence of my God, not because of what I have done or what I didn't do, but simply because of the grace of God. John chapter 1 verse 14 and 16 says, and I quote, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after the other. Now, 
as you look at these verses, there's one thing that, a few things that stands out to me, but first of all, this one is the one and only one that came from the Father. And he is the only one that has already ascended to the Father and is seated at the right hand of God Almighty. The one and only. No one else can claim that. But the other thing is that when he came, he came full of grace and truth. And lastly, but not least, we all can say that we have been blessed by his grace and through his grace, one blessing after the other. Now, many of us, if you ask the question, how, how are you? You don't want to know. That'll probably be one of the first things. Maybe I do want to know. But the other thing they will say is, if I tell you, you can't do anything about it anyhow. But do you know something? If you were to take a sheet of paper and draw down the center of that paper and put on one side the heading, the bad things, on the other, the good thing, and start writing what God has done for you, good or bad, you will definitely run out of the good things if you want to be honest with yourself. But we concentrate so much on the negatives that even when the good things come, we tend to forget and we still worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. When we look at this scripture, something else stands out to me. It would seem that when men were at their worst, when God wasn't speaking to this world or anyone in it, and men were doing everything that they wanted to do, God was at his best. He gave. In other words, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. No matter how much sins you might have committed, God's grace is sufficient. His grace is 
than all of our sins. Again, I don't know how that makes you feel, but it sure gives me hope. In his letter to Titus, Paul tells us, and I quote from Titus chapter 2 verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. All of us, believers as well as unbelievers, are here today simply because of the grace of God. May I say to you, grace is God's goodness and severity emerging. or converging. Grace is God's mercy and justice uniting. Grace is God's love and power redeeming. The question, again, why are you here today? What good have you done to earn your place where you are today? You woke up in your right mind, you got up, you got dressed, you came here. And I believe and I pray that you have been blessed already. But is it your goodness? Is it my goodness? What is it? I am here today, again, I say, but for the grace of God, I could have been laid out flat on my back and didn't even know I was here. May I say to you, Without the grace, or without this grace, there is no pardon for the past. No power for the present. Right now, I would not have been able to stand here without the grace of God. And no prospect for the future. And too often, in the now, we are concerned about the future and even what happened in the past. It is the grace of God that chose Mary to be an instrument for bringing Christ into this sin-sick world. 
It is likewise the grace of God that makes you and me channels. And that's all we are. Channels through which Christ can live and flow and bless or bless others. That's the grace of God. If you listen to some, Mary is interceding for them. But Mary knew better than that. We'll see that a little later on. It is the grace of God. But secondly, we know the peace of God. Luke chapter 1 verse 30. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Grace. That's what it's talking about. You have found favor with God. May I say to you, the absence of fear is peace. And as I look out over this congregation today, I wish I could say I see peace flowing all over you, but I don't. There are some of you who are thinking about whatever. I'm not going to take a chance to name anything. Whatever. But when we look at the context in the New Testament, it has to do with the initial peace of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 1, and we know it quite well. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified through Jesus. Not because of what we might have done or could do. We hear a lot about fear today. In my work as a counselor, there are so many who comes in time after time again. The same person in several instances where they are so afraid that they are afraid to be shut up in their own homes. And maybe they have reason to because they kick the doors down if they want to come in. But that's not all. They are afraid to go out and enjoy what God has blessed them with. So all that they have, all that they earn, is there and they cannot enjoy it. A matter of fact, the majority of the churches in New Providence today that do not have church on a Sunday night, if you ask them why, most in most cases they will tell you they're afraid. The people are afraid to come out because of what might happen. 
But may I say to you, the only way we are going to be able to experience peace, even in the midst of the storm, is to have a relationship with the Savior. Mary really understood and appreciate the fact that the messenger did not only bring her a message of good tidings, but she got something out of it. She got the peace that no one could give her. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, and I quote, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. No, my brothers and sisters, there will be no peace until we put the Prince of Peace where he ought to be. Luke 2.14 says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Is God's favor resting on you this morning? But we note also the announcement of his amazing birth. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Note, Mary was a virgin. Make no mistake about it. Scriptures are very clear on that. But there are many who stand in the pulpit today that do not believe in the virgin birth. However, she was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, who in turn was holy, just, holy and a just man. I believe in every sense of the word, Mary was a fit vessel for God's holy purpose, not because of our own righteousness, but because she found favor with God. Verse 35 again, permit me to read it. The Holy Spirit will come upon you 
and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, though we know that the incarnation was a unique act of God's being son, being born into this world in the person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let us never forget that there was also the announcement prophesy the birth of Christ which was to take place in the hearts of men and women who would repent and believe in the gospel. And McGee would say that is where the rubber meets the road. John 1.12 Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. That includes every one of us. In speaking to a very religious man, Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, 5, and 6. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. He continues, verse 5. I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of the water and of the spirit. Verse 6. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. In other words, Every one of us was born into this world through the flesh. But there is another birth that only the Holy Spirit has the power to do. And that is to born you into the family of God. But we also note the fulfillment of the Christ child. Verse 37. For nothing is impossible with God. As wonderful as the announcement was of that miraculous birth, nothing would ever happen had there not been Mary's submission of love. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be, or may it be unto me as you have said. 
Then the angel left. Like any other girl, Mary knew that she would have to endure misunderstanding, shame, suffering, but she submitted. to her Lord, her Savior, the child that she born into this world had to be her Lord and her Savior. She had to submit to that. You see, with the submission of love, And the decision of faith, there was also confession of hope. For Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Have you come to that place in your life where you made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? If not, why not? Permit me to quote from 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. As God's fellow, fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in times of favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. God is always on time. He is always there to help you, no matter what the situation is. Yes, this is indeed Christmas wrapped up in grace. This is what He's talking about. Mary was able to burst out in song and say, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Mary knew he was on, she was only a servant. From now on, she says, all generation will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He is holy. This is indeed Christmas wrapped up in grace. But thirdly, we note the ministry of Christmas. Then the angel said to Mary, You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. He was talking about Jesus Christ. Solomon was great as far as the world's standards were concerned. But he was talking about Jesus. The one that came from the Father and the one that went back to the Father. You see, the message and the miracle of Christmas are fundamental to the ministry of Christmas. Without the message and the miracle, there can be no ministry. Mary knew this, and so must we. But we also know he, Jesus, is to be exalted. Luke 1, 32. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. One day God is going to exalt the name which belonged to Jesus. Let's look for a moment at Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friends, you may choose now to bow to him under grace as Savior. If not, one day you're going to bow to him as your judge and that will be a day too late. This is Christmas wrapped up in grace. In conclusion, may I say to you, do not waste the grace of God, because every one of us have the same grace of God. Someone said, our responsibility is not only to celebrate Christmas, but to communicate Christmas. We cannot do this until we know him in a personal way. In other words, have a personal experience with him. What is the message 
the miracle and the ministry of Christmas. Again, it's wrapped up in the word of God. 2 Corinthians 6.2 For he says, In time of my favor, I heard you. And in the days of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. If you hear that still small voice, harden not your heart. Christmas wrapped up in grace is God's indescribable gift to us. Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, special delivery wrapped up in love.
by the Lord on my face. 